I'm Adrian, And welcome to Bite Size Podcast, a show where we give you big ideas bite-sized. It's fun and entertaining, yeah. we've heard. <laughs> I hope that you agree. That's Please. what we want. That's the goal. Yeah. Come hang out while we talk about uh, more social media stuff. So hopefully you listened to episode one. Um, this is obviously in succession episode two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And today we're moving forward a little bit. Um, so originally when we were looking at forums and things, a lot of these got their start earlier on in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, and there wasn't anything like picture, well there's pictures sometimes, but like video chatting and things like mm-hmm. that were mm-hmm. starting to gain popularity, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that this yeah. time. Yeah. But first, what have you been up to? just hanging out it's snowing here (laughs) yeah the weather's been like super shit (laughs) yeah not really it doesn't make you want to do anything yet um outside because it's not um it's not um winter holiday season yet it's still spooky season as we're recording this so right it's october it's October. It's yeah. It, and it's early, well, it's not early October, but it's, like, earlier October than it could be. Um, do you know what I'm saying? It's, like, towards the, I'm just gonna, What the hell is happening? Well, no, it's just, like, it's not early October, so, like, it's not fall weather. But right, it's right, definitely right. not late enough in October that it should be right. fucking okay. snowing. There That's you the go. Point that I was I'm like, what to... are you getting at? <laughs> the point that I'm, I'm trying to say. <laughs> um... Yeah, so basically this is bullshit, essentially. Yeah. I can't fucking sled. I can't snowboard. Um, it's Nor do I want to, because it's cold and fucking, miserable. It's spooky season. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. I want to pick an apple. Yeah, I would love and to pick an apple. I want to look at I want to drink spice cider and your mold wine. Thanks. Yeah. Great recipe. Uh, so yeah, basically, just bumming around. <laughs> yeah, just Try, trying to watch horror movies and pretend it's not snowing. Yeah, I've been doing nothing but playing Dead by Daylight and trying to scare the shit out of myself and watching old slasher movies, so. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Evil Dead is tonight. Don't. Either that or Army of Darkness, just something with I've action. I've been uh, feeling that it's time for me to watch the original Scream again. Oh, dude, yeah. I haven't, oh, it's been years for yeah, me. Yeah, it's been too long, like, really. too long. So, I'll probably do that soon. Yeah. So, yeah. You, um, leave soon. Yeah. This area. <laughs> yeah, I leave tomorrow. It's crazy. I So I'm in South Dakota currently. I am leaving tomorrow um, for Washington, like right north of Seattle, um, which is going to be fucking interesting. <laughs> You're driving, um, too, Yeah, right? I'm driving. Cool. Yeah. Dope. Cool. Um, so I'm going to try and shoot across as quickly as possible and then just get there. Um because I'm having some car trouble. Oh, no! So I'm like, nothing, like, major or anything. It's just, like, uh, my heat doesn't work. I was just going to say your heater's not yeah. working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, my dad's a mechanic, though, so, like, once it's there, he cool. can, like, fix it, and it's fine. The problem is I just have to get there. You and have to just, drive like, through the coldest states. <laughs> right. I. It's so funny, because my friend Kevin right now is driving... He's driving from New Hampshire back to California, Shit. Yeah, and he dropped down, so he drove, like, through Kansas, and now he's, like, southern Colorado and gonna be going through, like, Arizona and shit. Yeah. He's, like, sending me pictures along the way, and it's, like, all sunny and mm-hmm. fucking warm, and I'm just, like, fuck my life. Yeah, you're gonna have to <laughs> drive through driving through the fucking Rockies, fucking like, the whole shit. fucking way, like, ugh, it's not great. But, 
Um, I'm trying to beat as much of the snow as possible, and, like, it looks like the big storms are starting tomorrow. So I'm going to try and get as far as probably either Spokane or Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Shit. Tomorrow? That's, Literally um... tomorrow. Holy shit. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, ambitious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then the plan is to go from there to Seattle, which is only, like, eight hours yeah. from there, so... Yeah, I I am really good at driving long distances. I like driving long distances. Cool. Um, I made. I don't think I've made the California to South Dakota trip. Actually, it was South Dakota to California in one day once, and that's Jesus. eighteen hours. Yeah. Um, but I generally don't mind like anything from like eight to ten hours is like fine for me. I prefer like a five hour drive if I have to. Um, but it's like most I prefer of the time, like a three hour flight. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but most of the time, I'm just like I drive and I listen to like the music that I want to listen to. I have really good speakers in my car, even though it's old as fuck. Like that's one thing I did heavily invest in was like put a fucking sound system in my dumbass nice. car. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, um, so I've got good speakers, so I can listen to the music that I want to, and I can listen to like when I drove. Okay, my max is actually 22 hours. I drove from West Virginia all the way back to South Dakota in one go. Yeah, and that one was fucking insane. (laughs) Because I just didn't want to stop because I was like, I'm so close to home and I just want to go home. Right. Um, And then they shut off my credit card uh, when I got back to South Dakota to try and fill up gas because I had gone through so many states in such a short period of time. (laughs) And so they shut off my credit card and Sam was at the gas station just weirdly enough at three o'clock in the morning because it was we used to live right next to each other and I was like Sam can I please borrow five dollars just so I can get home and like be able to come here tomorrow after I get this set of, like situation figured out <laughs> so that was fun but yeah so lots of long distance driving um in my future and it's funny because after I get to my dad's house I have to fly to my house in California and oh drive my, my other car oh my back god to Seattle. <laughs> Because oh. I'm going to be using that car for the wintertime and keeping the Jesse at my dad's house. Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Road trip! <laughs> oh my god, dude. I mean, good for you. Thanks, buddy. It just sounds like <laughs> such a nightmare. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> oh, man. I have anxiety for you. <laughs> like, holy shit. You're going to do great, though. Yeah. You're going to do so good. <laughs> you're going to love all of it. Yeah. I don't know. I like driving through, um, like, the western side of Montana and northern Idaho is, like, so fucking pretty. Right. And um, there I are actually sites. Yeah, spent some time growing up in northern Idaho, so I'm, like, excited to go through that area. Um, there's this place called the 1313 Club in Wallace, Idaho, that has the best fucking beer batter french fries I've ever had oh, in my shit. life still to this day. Cool. So, that I'm really excited about. Get to see some friends um, on the way. Like, I'm staying with a friend in Spokane on my way out there. Cool. Um, actually, the friend that did our theme. Oh, cute! Yeah, yeah. So, that'll be super fun. Do you want to these... Yeah. From me. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> I'll give him a little old <laughs> for you. <laughs> I hope you guys can hear that. It was a pat a pat on the back. <laughs> Hi Brennan. <laughs> um yeah, so that's that's the plan as of now. Cool. Well, that's great for you. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh yeah, so um shall we diggity dive in? Let's fucking chat about Chat roulette. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, 
I'm sorry. I tried to do a thing. It didn't work out. Whatever. Play it's through. Right. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's chat. Let's chat about chat roulette. Let's uh, chiggity. Let's root. Never mind. Cool. I'm you made it worse. Stop. You made it worse. <laughs> so much worse now. Um, yeah. So chat roulette is an online service that matches users through webcam-based interactions at random. Um, it was created in two days and two nights by a 17-year-old <laughs> Russian high school student called... Yeah. Not called. called. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even say that. I wrote a script that doesn't even say that. Uh, named uh, Andrei Ternovsky in 2009. Um, and the site has continued to remain active and due to product changes in 2020 and, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic, it has seen a growth of almost double the usual site users between 2019 and 2020. Yeah, I will just throw in a quick blurb. Um, yeah, literally this year, uh, I, well, I guess I'm not surprised that there was a resurgence of chat roulette, chat roulette given the nature of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really surprised that it wasn't dead. Um, but I was, I was kind of shocked <laughs> seeing like a headline about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, Everybody moved everything on. I mean, like, it was months before you could get a webcam. Because I right. tried to get a webcam while I was out here because mm-hmm. I left mine in California. And yeah. it's like, I'm not even going to fucking worry about yeah. it. I'm just going to wait until There's too many, I'm like, zoom, Zooms. Yeah. We're Zooming. Everybody's zoom, Zoomers. Yeah. Zoom, zoom. So, um, the Daily Mail had a, an article about it. Um, and actually, this is the headline. Controversial video chat website Chat Roulette has been resurrected during the coronavirus lockdowns with daily users more than doubling since the start of 2020. Very nice. Um, yeah, so basically Chat Roulette's uh, daily users have more than doubled um, from 50,000, which was still kind of high, yeah, honestly. Yeah, big, to be honest. Uh, yeah. yeah, who's still talking to strangers? 50,000. Which <laughs> 50,000 people are still yeah. on Chat Roulette? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Um, so yeah, and those were daily users. Um, so it's more than doubled now. They're clocking in um, at the time of this article, which I think was from April. Uh-huh. Um, One hundred and twenty thousand daily users. Jesus Christ! Like that's a fucking jump. Yeah, dude. Well, People are bored and lonely. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Bored and lonely is a big thing. Um, in fact, a 2010 New York Times article described the, t- the site as, uh, surprisingly addictive. I literally wrote out a whole fucking script and now I can't talk. Dude. It's <laughs> fine <laughs> to go off script. Um, so, the site was named after a movie, uh, called The Deer Hunter, where the characters in the movie play Russian Roulette, so obviously Russian Roulette. That's how this kid heard about Russian Roulette, right. was this movie that he watched. Um, and it's apt to say the least, at a click of a button, you're transported into another person's life. Um, in the article, writer Nick Bilton describes the truly jarring effect of at once talking to a couple in Napa Valley about wine and then being whisked to another world mm-hmm. where three naked men in Amsterdam are dancing to Rick Astley. Um, Pretty typical usage. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> that's the vibe, you know? Um, at the time of his first visit, there were 5,000 users, um, about three weeks after the creation and launch of the app, and then in February of 2010, the users had jumped up to 50,000. So, definitely we saw, like, a huge range of growth even just after the app was developed. Um. Yeah, because it's pretty easy to get set up going. Oh, yeah, seriously. You plug and play turn on your thingy, it says select your camera, you select your camera, you can see yourself, and it'll have a screen that says you, 
and then other person or a stranger or something like that and then there's a text there's like a chat box um, and obviously you can either use your microphone so that people can hear you or you can use the text box and you can chat that way and just sit yeah. looking at this random person yeah. or persons many times. Yeah, some people do it alone. That's weird. I've never done it alone. It's, no, it's I've always, always a group just been, activity. Yeah, I've always just been a tag along. There's like, you know, a group of people and they're like, let's fucking get on chat roulette. I'm nervous on cameras, so I'm just always yeah. in the background like, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely most of chat roulette, I feel like, was hijinks, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the problem with linking random anonymous users, um, as chat roulette doesn't have a login at all, um, or didn't, anyways, um, is that it's just another way for privacy to be breached, and also to witness other nefarious content. Yeah. Uh, a New York Magazine article suggested that without breaching into the mainstream, chat roulette may fall into just another home for pornography on the internet, of which there are plenty. Um, and it's true. I, I know from personal experience, we used to have a drinking game where we would all get on chat roulette and then we'd like roll through people. We had like a whiteboard that oh, yeah. had different categories that we yeah. may encounter. One was like, you know, we had tits, ass, dick. Um, and then you know, dudes in our group would, like, try and, like, coax girls to, like, oh, flash yeah. them. And, like, yeah, if somebody flashed us, yeah, that. so if somebody flashed us, we'd, like, fucking all take a shot yeah. and write it on the fucking whiteboard. I really was, like, love the, um, the videos of people, like, it looks like they're jacking off and then they, like, bring up, like, a dish and they're just, like, drying it. Yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> yeah. are really good. Um, or, like, the butts with bras on them. Oh, yep. Yeah, yep. those are really good ones. Um, the, the, um, the one where people dress, dress up as the opposite gender and then, like... They're, like, it. dancing backwards and yeah. then they turn around and yeah. it's... Yeah. Stuff like that. Bunch it's, of, it's just a hijinks yeah. website for most people. Some people, it's... They're predators <laughs> yeah and i mean i can't tell you how many times i've shuffled through chat roulette and seen a dude jerking off 100 mm. <laughs> percent. yeah um so that'd get marked on the board and then we take mm -hmm. a shot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um a large portion of the cams that i ran into were groups of people doing pretty much the same thing as us um so most of these interactions were funny and we'd compare scores on our respective whiteboards about yeah. the horrors <laughs> we'd seen you know it's just like it's that's what it was. At least in, in the early days of the internet. It was fun and funny. Um, however, early on, the site garnered criticism for the amount of inappropriate, and some even said pornographic or predatory interactions they encountered while using the site. Um, Emmy Allen, who was then the president of the Center for Missing and Exploited Children, called the site a predator's paradise and mm. warned parents that children should absolutely not be able to use the site. Um... <clears throat> Uh, the creator told New York Times that everyone finds his own way of using the site. Some think it is a game. Others think it's a whole unknown world. Others think it's a dating service. I think it's cool that such a concept can be useful for so many people. Although some people are using the site in not very nice ways, I am really against that. Um, and due to criticism of the user content on the site, they instituted a reporting and banning system, shunned pornographic content, and discouraged users under age 18. The report ban system instituted a three report within five minute maximum, and if users received three or more reports, they would be bound, uh, banned from the service for a short time. And we've got a picture of what that looks like, so we can put that up on the Instagram. Um, in 2012, 
the um, so after all of this went through, um, they came up with an algorithm to kind of detect uh, inappropriate content, like right smart stuff, skin. Yeah. It would like basically it would sense how much skin was in something, and they would ban that IP address. Um, so if you wanted that content, you could go in without safe mode, but if you didn't want that content, if you were underage or whatever, you could select safe mode. Um, however, in 2012, the service removed the safe mode feature and instead opted to prohibit any form of nudity from its site. <clears throat> Later, they also required users to sign up for an account. So now if you use chat roulette, you have to have a username and login. Um, since its inception, the site has been praised and questioned on in multiple publications and media, including the New York Times, New York Mag, The Daily Show, um, and even went so far as to get on South Park, um, which lampooned the site and its content in a 2012, or sorry, 10 episode called You Have Zero Friends. So yep. if you want to check that out, <laughs> you can do that as well. Yeah. Good old chat roulette. Still, still kicking. Still just hanging out, you know? Yeah. So if you want to chat with strangers... That's an option for you. You can also use Omegle, which we didn't really get into because it's literally the same thing. Right. But if you want to yeah. be anonymous, you can go on Omegle. And you can also link up with people based on your interests, mm -hmm. I guess, is the Smart. only real difference. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> Not my thing. Ah, tea break, sorry. Um... Yeah, Stickam is uh, also a service that used webcams, um, although also involving randoms on the internet and webcam encounters was much more user-focused. Um, it launched in 2005, which was four years before the release of Chat Roulette, um, and it was a service that focused so much more on like the user's ability to live stream from webcams and then embed the streams to different web services, hence the stick okay. cam. Okay. You can stick your webcam live stream in different places. Um, in fact, from what I remember, Stickam was actually much more similar to modern day Twitch. Um, yeah, that was the, I, or the feeling that I got. Out yeah, of it. absolutely. It was, um, definitely more about like live streaming and things like that. You could join different rooms with your own stream. Um, so like if you went into somebody like was hosting a stream, you could log in with your webcam so that they could see you as well as them, like you seeing them, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Um, or you could join like massive chat rooms with like different interests or like you could form your own groups or like if someone was like, uh, users in Rapid City, South Dakota, like you could make a fucking Rapid City board and you could all right. like log in and be able to chat from there. I actually used it to chat with people that I met on meme pages, <laughs> um, <laughs> who uh, I'm still friends with to this day. We used to get on Stick'em because it was so much easier and faster than using Aww. Skype. Because it Social was... Social media Yeah, look at that! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was definitely a lot easier to use than Skype, and you didn't have to, like, give anybody your information right. except for your username, which is great. <clears throat> yeah, I um, never Stick'emmed. Never did it. Dude, it was such, like, an alternative thing. Like, it was heavily trafficked by art, like, artists as well, um, as well as fans of, like, different kinds of alternative music, ranging from people like the Smashing Pumpkins, The Cure, um, Amanda Palmer, Dresden Dolls fame. 
um, to artists like Andrew WK, who hosted live-streamed weekly parties for over two years on Stick'em. He's so dope. Um, oh my god, he's <laughs> the best. <laughs> Did you see him when he came here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got... At that show, okay, so Andrew WK came and played in Rapid City, South Dakota at the fucking VFW Hall, which is, like, a time, it's, well, no, it's, is it technically an American Legion? Because it's a yeah. bar. Yeah, so it's an American Legion slash VFW Hall, and it's small, it's real small, and there was so many people packed in, <laughs> and I got there so early, me and Jory both got there, and we were, like, right up at the front, and, like, um, I grew up with all of those people, like, the McDonald boys and, like, everyone, so, yeah. like, I was right up at front, and some girl tried to push her way in front of me, and I was like, oh, hell no, bitch, like, you're not getting in front of me at Andrew WK, like, this is not gonna happen, and so, like, I fucking, like, jabbed her with my elbow, like, get the fuck off me, like, whatever, and she full-on bit me <gasps> so fucking hard, she, oh like, God. drew, like, not Holy drew blood, shit. but, like, there was, like, instantly like, blood coming up to the surface of my fucking skin. And, of course, um, she got kicked out the second that I was like, this fucking... Oh, my fuck? God. And then she tried to fight me in front of the police out front of the BFW hall. It was crazy. But uh, I tweeted about it, and then Andrew WK started following me on Twitter, and Dope. it was pretty sick. <laughs> I, um, I won a Twitter contest from Andrew WK, and he sent me a pair of underwear that says Party Hard on <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah! yeah. That's dope! So dope. <laughs> But yeah, I remember that day that Andrew WK was here. Uh-huh. God, it was fucking so... I think it was... 2015. Because it was before I moved back. So it was either it was either 2000... I think... It's summer of 2014. So when he was... Um, when Andrew was coming in, uh, Sean didn't know that he didn't have like any equipment. And he, I think he called Noah to ask him if he had keyboards for Andrew WK to play. I think that's... It was so long ago, I can't really remember, but... Yeah. I think he called Noah to ask for a keyboard for Andrew WK. Do you remember the sound? Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. It was so bad, but uh, I was so happy to just do yeah, it. Yeah, it was super cool. It was cool. so good. Yeah. And it was just him. Like, you didn't have a band with him. Yeah, it was and just he's him. so fucking he's hot. So oh, fun. my God. It was so crazy. Anyways, this is not an Andrew WK podcast. <laughs> I was a fangirl for a moment there. Um, yeah, but he hosted live-streamed uh, parties, because obviously he parties hard um, for two years. And then Under Oath streamed an oh, entire uh, studio album. They, like, recorded in this, like, they streamed their recording process Dope. for an entire album for Lost in the Sound of Separation. I almost died in an Under Oath pit. Dude, I believe it. I almost died. Oh, at... <laughs> we'll talk later. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and, unfortunately, in a crossover episode like none before, <laughs> we investigate the brain slushy heard around the world. Right, right, right. Oh my god. So, briefly, I mentioned the Jesse Slaughter incident on our episode about 4chan, um, and now we have circled back to talk about this little blip in internet culture in a little bit more depth. <clears throat> A situation that, without which, we would maybe not know the likes of the cyber police. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, honestly, both in a joking fashion, because that's what her dad said, but also because it was partially because of this whole situation that we now have laws. We didn't have fucking laws against cyberbullying. Right. Or ways to persecute in, or prosecute, not persecute, but also persecute because the, fuck those guys. Right. We didn't have laws to defend people in 2010. 2010. 10 years ago, we didn't have that. That's yeah. so fucking crazy, crazy to me. 
Um, yeah, the internet kind of, like, fucking blew up real fast. And nobody knew what to fucking do about it. Yeah. Like, Still I, don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. <laughs> but, I mean, like, at least there's, like, something. And part of me, like, I was talking, once again, I was talking to my mom. I was like, Ma, I'm really glad, like, it sucks that this happened, but I'm kind of glad that it did because... Something had to happen to get these things laws put in place. and things yeah. and ways for people to defend themselves in place. Yeah. Um, so I think this is really important because it's known that while the internet, especially social interactions and social media, have allowed us to make friends across the globe and peer into the world of strangers in a very positive way, it also has bred an undercurrent of bullying and cyber attacks that have hurt people and changed them for the rest of their lives. Um, it's hard to imagine, but in 2010, like I said, there weren't anti-cyberbullying laws or ways to track and pursue people that devoted their lives to belittling people online. Uh, unfortunately, Jesse Slaughter was one of those victims. Um, in 2007, or 2010, Jesus, I can't <laughs> speak words. <clears throat> in 2010, Jesse Slaughter, now known as Damien Rose Leonhard, who goes by they, them pronouns, uh, was 11 years old and involved in a scene and culture that heavily trafficked the Stickham site. They made videos and live streamed to the site often and became the target of a 4chan raid that would change their life forever. They posted overly revealing and inappropriate photos of their um, of themselves on MySpace and videos using profanity, most notably after they had been targeted, a video calling those who condemned them hater bitches and that they would pop a Glock in your mouth and make a brain slushy, which is something that I used to say all the time because it was like that was hilarious back right. in the day like during that scene like I feel like um the problem with everything that was happening was that it turned cyberbullying into a viral fiasco and even if we weren't individually and directly bullying this person the sharing of someone's turmoil fueled the fire um and for that, I apologize. Um, I feel like we all live and learn, especially from those times. Um, I think that it's really important to note the vitriolic nature of the internet in the early days. And although some people think things are bad now during that time period, from oh, 2007 yeah. to 2012, there was an edgy, dark culture where it was funny and expected to participate in and have knowledge of these things. And while I think that there are some residual energies from this period, for the most part, they stay confined to their own dark parts of the internet, namely yeah. 4chan, where they belong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was internet culture back in the day, and especially, I feel like, within the alternative scene, was something that was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it was like, it was bad, and it was new, mm -hmm. and... Um, you know, it was at that time of the internet's age and a lot of us, you know, um, that, like, if you didn't know about that stuff, then you were a fucking loser or something. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And yeah, that's, I mean, take, like, those kids from, like, the mid to late 80s and early 90s that were edgy and making jokes about bomb threats and things like that. And then give that energy to a group of people that had this massive platform that allowed them every access to every single person who also had access to that platform. And it creates terrible fucking things. Right. Sometimes, sometimes really good things. things. Sometimes oh, yeah. really good things. Sometimes yeah. really, really awesome things. Like, I have been 
friends with Austin now since 2010, and we finally got to meet in Salt Lake just this past year, which was really cool. Um, but it's definitely, I'm, I'm, like it's like I said, I'm really sad that that had to happen in order for something to happen right. to be done about it. Um, I'm really glad that I grew up in an era where I got to see all of that stuff happening because I think that that's important. Right. Um, because when I look at the stuff that's going on now, I feel like I'm much better equipped to handle it, even though I'm not necessarily part of that when I see it and somebody asks me about Like, I have a 20-year-old sister, you know? Like, um, so... She's so cute. Yeah, she's adorable. She's <laughs> such a cool chick. I love her. <laughs> um, but I had to watch her grow up with all of the social media where it's like, uh, I remember when, like, kids were killing themselves left and right because they were getting bullied so hard yeah. on st- sites like Sikkim. Um people telling them to, like, drink bleach and shit. And it's like, you don't understand the impression and the effect that you have on other right. people. Especially when they're, you're so young, you oh, know? Oh, yeah, dude. We were all so fucking young. Like, I don't know why anybody was like, oh, my God, it was so bad. Well, I think about, like, things <laughs> that... I I see these threads on, like, Ask Reddit, you know, like, what is something that you believed for the longest time until you were, like, an adult and then you found out it wasn't real? Yeah. And it's always shit, like, you know things your parents say that are not harmful that just you know are a little thing and you're like oh okay that stays in my mind like right. when they're like your dog went to the farm yeah and then they believe it forever it's and ever to and drive ever with the uh, yeah. dome light on and then they hit their mid 20s and finally one of their friends is like the yeah. fuck are you talking about it's <laughs> not a real thing yeah so like to think you know we all have something like that mm-hmm. to think that you know there are kids that heard you know like you're ugly, you kill yourself constantly, constantly, constantly. Yeah. Of course they're going to carry that with them. Yeah. For like a long fucking time. Yeah. It's really fucking traumatizing and shitty. Yeah. Be good to each other, friends. Unless they're Nazis. Side size buddies. Unless they're Nazis, in which case do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, no one cares then. Also, you're allowed to bully political figures on them. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two exceptions. I did this week. <laughs> I recently, I got my mom a shirt that says, not now, sweetie, uh, mommy's cyberbullying the mayor. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, um, I just wanted to quickly talk about sticky drama. Yeah. If you're good with that. Yeah. So, Sticky Drama, um, it is a WordPress-powered tabloid that was created to report controversies and comment on performances of popular figures on Stick'em. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people thought that Sticky Drama was owned by Stick'em, or that they were partners, but no. Stick'em was a completely separate company that officially had nothing to do with Sticky Drama, and I feel so silly saying these words. (laughs) (laughs) Stick'em senior management wanted nothing to do with us. I took this from Sticky Drama's website, so Uh Sticky Drama. Um, Although we enjoyed a devoted readership among certain Stick'em employees, the main author and admin of Sticky Drama was affectionately, has affectionately been called Sticky by readers and guests of Sticky Drama's video chat room on Stick'em. There's so many Sticky <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. So, Sticky Drama's popularity grew as it evolved from one person's blog into what was regarded as the daily journal for the seedier side of the internet, and so it remains, at least um, as a looking glass into the zeitgeist of those crazy times, the late 2000s. Yeah. 
it's still there, dude. Like, I literally copied and pasted this from their website, and I was like, holy shit, this shit is still going on. Right. With new content on it, to the record. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check it out. Dude, yeah. So, Sticky Drama has been cited by CNN when reporting on the infamous Stick'em rape by John Hawk. The Jesse Slaughter incident occurred on Stick'em, but went viral here on Sticky Drama. Fox News cited our investigations into notorious stick-em pedophile Garrett Graff, a.k.a. Router, a.k.a. Psychotic Router, a.k.a. Absent Chaos. Oh my god, I wish that he didn't have so many fucking names. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and more recently, Insider picked up and further reported on our exclusive in- interview with former stick-emmer who claimed to have been raped by former rock star and presently disgraced makeup mogul Jeffree Star. Law enforcement investigations and courtroom proceedings relied and still rely on Sticky Drama's reporting on Stickam. <laughs> Good for them. Sounds like a rag to me. <laughs> Dude, yeah. So um, I wanted to bring up Sticky Drama because, um, and we're going to have to talk about it when we eventually talk about MySpace because right. yeah. all Fucking of the Christ. scene kids. Dude, the scene kids. That's what it was. Yeah. It the, was Sticky the Drama genius. was their life. Um, and yesterday i think it was when i did the research for this This is the first time i went on sticky drama but i remember hearing about it right so much so much yeah dude myspace yeah so we'll touch on it more on the myspace episode but but just just to notice that it was related for sure yeah um so stickum actually died in uh in uh 2014 an article titled Seen Kids Cry as Streaming Site Stick'em Shuts Down uh, in TechCrunch suggests that an aging user base and competitions from sites like YouTube may have put the final nail in the coffin. Which makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. I honestly, like, it kind of sucks for me because, like, I was part of, like, the Stick'em community. Like, I have friends there. I still have, like, to this day, friends that I made on Stick'em Shuffle, which was... Um, in 2010, they released a service very similar to Chat Roulette, um, but it was only Stick'em users, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit easier to track. Um, but I have friends that I made on that site that I still like follow on social media and talk to every once in a while. Um, so when it shut down, it was kind of like, oh, like I wasn't really using it by that time, but I was right. kind of just like, oh, there it goes. <laughs> There's my scene days are gone now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like, and boy, howdy, oh my oh, god. Oh yeah, it was time, I mean, really. <clears throat> yeah, you need to stop cutting your own hair. But I cut my hair again now, anyways. Yeah, so we all fine. do it. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> um, yeah. So, the last part of this episode, um, we're going to talk about Second Life. Oh my god, this fucking game. <laughs> Holy so, shit. So, <laughs> Second Life, this is from the Wikipedia Second Life is an online virtual world developed and owned by the San Francisco-based firm Linden Lab and launched on June 23rd in 2003. It saw rapid growth for some years, and in 2013, it had approximately 1 million regular users. Growth stabilized by the end of 2017. Active users, active user count had declined to between 800,000 and 900,000. That's still so it's many. It's still a weird amount. Like, if you've ever seen it, it's I mean... fucking weird, man. Um, in many ways, Second Life is similar to MMOs. Um, nevertheless, Linden Lab is emphatic that their creation is not a game. There is no manufactured content, 
no set objective. It is a second life. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so, second life can uh, can be a real-time immersive social space for people, including those with physical or mental disabilities that impair their first lives. Again, this is from the wiki. This is their language. Yeah. <laughs> Um, who often find comfort and security interacting through uh, anonymous avatars. Indeed, some academics believe using Second Life might even improve motor ability for people with Parkinson's disease. An example of how Second Life has been used by disabled people is Wheelies, the widely publicized disability-themed nightclub founded by Simon Stevens. Within the game. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, there are basic accounts and premium premium accounts, but the majority stick to basics and they don't pay for anything. And you can create your avatar and it can be anything, uh, like literally anything. Like you can be a vegetable. Yeah, you can be a, as uh, Neil Stevenson and Snow Crash would say, a giant talking penis. Yeah. If you want to be. You can be a sentient little cloud. Yeah. You know. You can be whatever. If you're good at fucking uh, figuring out how to render shapes in a 3D yeah. space. <laughs> Otherwise, you can just be yourself. <laughs> yeah, or, one or of the whatever you want to look like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, residents, as the people in game are called, can chat with each other using a local chat. Um, and this creates like a thought bubble above their heads, and they have to be like their avatars have to be like close to each other. Um, and anyone can see what you guys are talking about and like jump in. Um, you can also do the old instant message for a private chat, and that can be, you don't have to be near each other to do that. Um, so people can make, like, a bunch of shit in-game, like, anything. You can make anything you want. Uh, there's a 3D modeling tool that's built in for that purpose. Um, so what you're thinking probably is, like, okay, people build homes, um, maybe parks, um, but there is so much more. <laughs> Um, they're building like museums that are actually like in the fucking game that you can go and actually look at either, um, the user, like the creator's own artwork or people even do like art exhibits where mm -hmm. other real life artists have the second life and then they have an art show virtually, but it's really their art and it's fucking crazy and it's weird to think about. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Um, you can also go to nightclubs. Um, a lot of them are themed. Some of them are just regular-ass nightclubs. Um, and, you know, people are, like... Tiki bars. Dancing. And um, there's, like, venues where you your little person can, like, do-do-do on a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's restaurants where you can actually go and sit down and get virtual food and shit. Like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, um, And... You can create these objects and you can sell them in virtual shops for in-game currency, mm -hmm. um, which is, it's, it's very immersive. It's crazy to think about. Um, and Second Life, they, they really do offer, like, as much simulated <laughs> real-world interaction um, as they can. And so, like, mentioning, like, the, the art exhibits and how you're... Um, resident can play instruments and stuff people will set up actual events um you can go to like a live music um where people can stream music through um whatever streaming site they want to use um some people will just use their mic and they'll do like singing they'll have a backtrack uh things like that 
so it's as real as they can make it for a live performance um there's also like theatrical performances where there are people will like get in the garb <laughs> and yeah. like act out Hamlet and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also participate in things like gambling and drug use and drinking alcohol and just really anything that you can do in real life. They figured out how to put it in this game, and it's great for those people. <laughs> um, Second Life even has their own social media, like their own actual website. It's called Avatar Book. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much deeper Dude, than I thought. I know. Was going to be. I was getting kind of scared because I was um, Googling it and like, I didn't want people to see what I was Googling because it's weird. Some of it's weird. Right. See, I full on downloaded the game. Yeah, I've played it before. I, I had ne- never I, I played it for, I think, like, two hours one Sunday afternoon when I lived with Justin, mm-hmm. a former podcast guest, um, and I got so confused on what was happening. Well, just even editing your avatar, like, you can't... There's so many... There's a lot of oh options going yeah. on. Yeah, but I went in there with fully intent on, like, going and talking to users in-game to be like, hey, can I interview you for my podcast? Oh, um, was the goal. What happened was <laughs> I ended up trapped in a, in a bondage oh, no. dungeon with just nobody. Nobody was there. It was just me cool. for 30 minutes. Great. Yeah, in the bottom of a mine oh. that was in the sky. Jesus. Because you can fly in the game, which is fucking sick. <laughs> That's the one thing I do like. But I have to say, it takes a fucking... I have a really nice gaming laptop. Right. And it runs things at incredible frame rates, and it has a great... It renders things perfectly, and it's so nice, and I have pretty fast internet. And that game took a shit on my keyboard. Dude, like, yeah. It's so it just sucks clunky. things it's out. It's hard to run. Yeah. The... The afternoon that I played it, because I I'm a Sims fan. I like yeah, the Sims. Yeah, anything so. like that. I'm like hell yeah. I yeah. So I, up. you know, when I heard about Second Life, I was like, dope. I'm gonna check it out. Like, mm-hmm. it sounds like the Sims, but better. Right. Um, to me, it wasn't because the learning curve is like high as fuck, and I don't care to learn a game that well. Right. And when I like, I didn't even when I got my avatar, I was just like, whatever, whatever. Here we go. Yeah. Um, and I was transported to, like, a beach. So I was, like, on this beach, and there was, like, people walking around, and I was, like, trying to talk to people. And I got one lady to talk to me, and she was so sad, and it was so depressing. And I think she, at the time... At the time, I was, like, 20. um, And she was, like, 45, I think. And she was just like, "I, I just come here because I don't have any friends in real life. So I'm trying to make friends in this world. And I was trying to just be like, you're fucking bumming me out, but let's, you know, let's be friends or whatever. Right. And she wouldn't take it. Like, I kept saying, like, well, we can we can hang out and game or whatever. And she was just so like, nobody likes me in real life. And it was like such a fucking downer. Oh, my God, man. That's rough. Yeah. So then I got stuck talking to her because I didn't want to, like, leave her. Because now I'm like, this is a right. real human. I can't just have my avatar walk away from her. Right. Um, but eventually I did because I <laughs> fucking oh couldn't God. handle it. Oh, dude. Yeah, I just ran into like, so I went immediately to the 18 plus section because I was like, I have to know. I right. have to know. Right. There's like all kinds of things like prostitution and fucking mm-hmm. all different 
Uh, so the shops were very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you can there was like shops in this area, and um, you could get like bondage titties on your avatar, oh like the ones with the rope on. So oh, it's yeah, like yeah. all you know what I'm Shit. talking about. <laughs> yeah, so you can get those like parts for your avatar. You could buy dicks. Um, there was demonstrations of avatars swinging, like, helicopter dicking themselves, and that cool. was... <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, like, so, I was, like, so interested. It's so crazy how much... And when things do render, because they will eventually... Right, right, right. Um, you can do that. But there was, like, signs for, um, a sex worker, um, like, right as you come into, like, the portal, like, when you walk through the portal to get to the 18 and up world, there's, like, a bunch of advertisements and stuff like that, but there's these arrows that, like, lead to this person's house. So you go down and you follow the arrows to this fucking magical, psychedelic fucking sex garden. <laughs> and you follow, it's just, like, mushrooms and glowy things oh everywhere. God. It's fucking insane. And you walk down, and I get in there, and I walk up, and you can't, like, knock. You just walk into people's houses, which Shit. is a little bit jarring, I'm right. sure. yeah. So I follow the signs. I go into this lady's house, and I'm, like, looking at her, and she's, like, pole dancing on the ceiling naked. And I'm, like, hi, could you ask some questions? you do a huge favor and ask some questions for my podcast? And, like, they didn't respond, so they must have been, like, AFK or something like right. that. But, like, inside of their home was, like, a menu of all of the things that they would do for you. And then also in the ATN Up world is, like, there was a stripper pole, and I walked up to the stripper pole and interacted with it, and you can, like, dance on the stripper pole. And then it'll give you an option for blowjob, and you can, like, get on your knees and, like, literally, like, yeah, dude. It's fucking insane. Like, anything you can do in real life, you can do in this fucking place. Obviously, like... I was, it was a stripper pool, not another person, but, right. like, I just, like, exploring the interactions that you can do with objects in the game was, like, so Jeez. fucking crazy. <laughs> like fucking nuts. Yeah. So, second huh. life. Fucking yeah. Life. All right. Well. Yeah. Um, second life. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Bringing it back to, um, not adult content. Right. Which we'll circle back to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I was honestly a little surprised that there were a bunch of, like, actual uses for Second Life. Hmm. Um, like, the live music thing, first of all, I was like, oh, that's super cool. Didn't right. even think that people would do that. Right. Um, and sharing their art and stuff. But there's also several colleges and government entities and libraries that use Second Life as, like, a weird virtual training platform. Hmm. And instructors and researchers that have used the platform say it's more personal than traditional distance learning. Um, they use it a lot for language learning, nursing, and accounting. Hmm. I don't know why accounting, but there right. it is. Because <laughs> um, everybody's bummed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, this was the last references that I could get of colleges and stuff using um, Second Life were like in the early 2010s. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if that still is happening today. I wonder... With all of this weird shit going on in the world, if people have brought it back up. Right. Who knows? The internet does, probably. <laughs> <laughs> A few countries have even uh, created embassies in Second Life. Nice. Yeah. Um, and from what I gather, you can, like, go to their embassies. Like, Sweden has one. You can go there, and they pretty much just tell you, like, this is how you get a visa here and stuff like that. Like, it's just a place for them to talk up their country. It's crazy that countries have spent money to mm-hmm. hire marketing agents to... Second Life people? 
play on Second Life. Yeah. Super weird. That's really fucking strange. Mm-hmm. I suppose, I mean, well, it's not really so much weirder than, like, virtual reality, you know? Right, but it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> After playing the game, absolutely, it's fucking way weirder than... But, yeah. like, like, if somebody was just telling you all of this information and you hadn't actually seen it, I'd be like, oh, yeah. This, uh, that sounds great. Totally makes sense. Yeah. No, it's fucking crazy. It, yeah, it's weird. So, as far as relationships go, like, the social side oh. of things... Oh, my God. Um, they're... I'm terrified. Yeah. They're very common and very much very there <laughs> in, in game. Um, like some couples have even married online, like in game. Uh-huh. Um, there have been several accounts of people meeting in game um, and then finding each other IRL. Uh, one couple, maybe the first couple, uh-huh. this may be the first one that did it in Second Life. There's been more. Uh-huh. Um, is Booper Kit Mosley. And Shukran Fahid. I hope I didn't butcher, but I probably butchered. Uh, the meet they met they met in game, and then Booperkit went to visit um, Shukran in the U.S. And he returned with her to England a week later. Uh, they eventually got married, and they had twin boys. And last reported, they were still married. Oh, congratulations. It's really cute. Aw, that's adorable. Yeah. So, um, this is a quote. Relationships in virtual worlds have an added dimension compared to other social media because avatars give a feeling of proximity, making the voyeur experience more intense than simply a textual encounter. The complexities of these encounters depend on the engagement levels of the people behind the avatars, whether they are engaging dissociatively for entertainment purposes, immersively acting as if the avatar was them, or augmentatively, meaning they are engaging for real-life purposes. So those three levels of people are pretty much what you can find on Second Life. Like, some people are just like, I'm just bopping around. Some people, it's an extension (laughs) of their real-world thing. And some people are like, this is my first life, actually. Which is scary to me. Yeah. (laughs) That's... Have you read Snow Crash? Yeah. Yeah. I'm about to reread it. There's a lot of <laughs> shit that's, like, going yeah. on. I have it on my bookshelf. Ooh. Yeah. Can I? We'll talk later. Yeah. Okay. So, some people in-game have even created families. And at first, that sounds normal if you've ever played a sim game, because you're thinking, yeah, I created a mom and dad, and they have babies, whatever. But no, 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 no. Yeah, who are the babies? So, this is an article from Chicago Reader I got this information from. Mm-hmm. So, Haley Nicole is the resident, that's her resident name, we don't know her real name. Right. So, she created a large family, which is something she doesn't have in real life. So, she met her Second Life family in real life just this past year. But her Second Life family, like, her parents are the same age as her real life parents. Uh And her uh, Second Life sister is just two years younger than her. Uh And she says there's no awkwardness, and they all, like, went out to eat and, like, hung out. But basically, they met in-game and decided to act as a family in the game. Right. So they all have, like, they all, all their characters live in the same house, and they all act as a family, which, I don't know why, but it, like, scares me to think about. It's definitely... 
some people it works great for them and that's right. that's awesome right. i'm glad there's something for people like that right um it's just people that like don't have like a family unit or like yeah. anything like that like it totally like i support that but yeah. it's just it, to it's, me to me it's so but i'm also one of those people like i'm scared on webcam you know right um so i to, the thought of like getting that close to someone that i really can't see or know scares me so much like i can't right. i can't immerse right is what it is right. i can't immerse that's great that these people have found a way to do that um i had i didn't even think that that would be a thing but yeah obviously it would be right right i can't immerse because it scares me for the same reason that we were talking about earlier which is like that like shield of anonymity like mm-hmm. very similar to you it's like i don't know who you don't are know. yeah but you're a de- you could be a demon. Does anyone know who anyone is? No, and that's why I don't <laughs> talk to people on the internet. True, true. I never put my voice on or anything. Right. I feel that. I feel that. So bringing it back to adult content, uh, there is sex in game, as you heard. Yeah. Um, BJ's. Yeah. Good old blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> they are um, in the adult sections of the game that need age verification. So you know, if you don't want to hang out there you don't have to also people that are not um legally an adult won't be able to go there yeah you can't you can't even get into everything that is that features adult content is in an 18 and up world that has a block on it that you can't even yeah. get into it you can't even you can't even. Um, there is there is a large bdsm community in game huge fucking massive yeah oh my god so many users have found a way to quote unquote live out their fantasies that may not be feasible irl like being bound and gagged and left in the middle of a public area for anyone to use as a sex toy as one person said in a thrillist article that's weird that the thrillist would be commenting on that. That's crazy. I didn't really think that was their uh, uh, thrilling, for sure, I suppose, for some. Yeah. Um, there's also workshops that people can attend in-game that um, help people learn how to be more confident in their dirty talk and how to use certain BDSM gear. And then there's a nice picture that I will include on the Instagram. Wow, that guy's, that guy's <laughs> shaped like a fucking gingerbread man. I know, it's super weird. That guy's got, like, 40 extra ribs. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so the last thing I wanted to talk about with Second Life specifically, I just thought this was weird to think about. Um, in January 2007, a virtual riot erupted between members of the French National Front who had established a virtual headquarters on Second Life in an and anti-racism activists, including Second Life Left Unity, a socialist and anti-capitalist user group. Since then, several small internet-based organizations have claimed some responsibility for instigating the riots. Well, I know what I'm doing when I get home. (laughs) I gotta go find these uh, Left Unity people. Yeah, I was reading that. I'm gonna put that in my Twitter bio. (laughs) Member of the SLLU. (laughs) People are gonna be like, what's that? Second life left <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Fucking so weird to think about. So weird and relevant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about MMOs since video games are a thing that we do, and you yeah. know, we're always talking about playing video games with people, strangers on the <laughs> internet. Yeah, um, so many strangers. Yeah, strange people. Because Second Life claims that they're not a game because there's no objective. 
you can't win, stuff like that. It's like a virtual world. But MMOs are games. Um, but they do have a social aspect to them. Like, wow, you can join World of Warcraft. Sorry. You can, jo- <laughs> you can join. For those unaware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can join guilds. You can run dungeons with people you don't know. Um, and many people have formed actual friendships with these people that they met in game. Um, so, like, when I was playing World of Warcraft um, all day, every day, literally, <laughs> you know, I did join a guild, and it was one of those things where I would sign on, and um, before I was, you know, before I did any, like, major questing or whatever, I would mm-hmm. chit-chat with everybody and, like, yeah. check in, like, just follow-ups, like, yeah, how was how's how's school today, or whatever, yeah, you know? And, yeah. How's and we going? I, like I said, I'm scared of strangers on the internet so I didn't get like super close with them but right. you know and then there's that special time like playing Overwatch or something where you're just like playing by yourself and you're queuing for people or dungeons or whatever yeah. <laughs> and then you get someone um, you get those people that you're just like really fucking vibing hard with and you decide yeah. to be a group yeah. and then you just group up for a couple of hours and then part ways forever that's my shit. <laughs> so, I had a group like that of people, but then we just kept playing Overwatch with each other for, like, four years almost now. Oh, yeah. my God. It's very Hi common. Guys. People do that all the time. <laughs> yes. I'm just scared of internet strangers. I mean, I, I totally get that, too. I mean, there's lots and plenty to be scared about, as we've kind of demonstrated in, you know, a couple of our episodes here, but... Yeah, I had a Overwatch group that we've been playing together for forever now, and then Pat, when he moved to Maryland and finally got a good inter- internet connection, started playing with us. It was like, hey, Pat, like, these guys are from Maryland, too. And then, like, I think I've talked about this on the show before, too, right. is, like, but I went out there to visit Pat and, like, ended up meeting um, Jesse and JT and, like, hanging out with them, and Pat's met all of the members of our group now, and we still have a group chat and hang out and stuff like that, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's Friends cool for life. I think Pat and JT live together now. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's so, dope. So, yeah. It's super great. Yeah. So, people do that all the time. Maybe you do, too. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah. But, yeah. That's uh, that's the episode. That's it. Yeah. For this one. Yeah. Kind of touched on some... Things got heavy for a bit. Yeah. Then we brought it back around. Then it got weird. Yeah. We got trapped in the dungeon. <laughs> It was just so terrible, because every time you clicked on something, it would be, like, user privileges not allowed, uh, punishment added, or oh, time shit. added. So it just kept adding, like, I think it started out at 10 minutes, and then by the end of it, I had clicked on so many things, and it oh was, like, 30 God. fucking minutes, and I was like, what the fuck, this is dumb as shit, I can't even do anything, I'm just That's stuck in this crazy. Thing. I would hate that. <laughs> it was not great, it was not a pleasurable experience. Yeah. Huh. So what have you been playing? Um, I'm still on that Animal Crossing life. <laughs> yeah, dude. The but Halloween I did, event. um, I did update my Dead by Daylight this morning, and I updated my fucking Overwatch this morning, so that's probably what I'm doing tonight. Hell yeah. Getting Hell weird. Yeah. Dude. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've just been playing Dead by Daylight continuously yeah. all the time. Getting all day. that shit. Yeah, well, it's a Halloween event now, so it's like I can do all of the cool, the coolness with that. Um, and then, um, I think I talked about it before, but I also played the new Catherine Full Body, which was oh right, right. Meh. I mean, it's a puzzle game. It's all the same, but just the story change was kind of like meh. I, yeah, I wasn't into it, but. Um, 
I feel like I've been playing something else. Oh, yeah, and then Phasmophobia. Oh, I've right, been right. trying to learn how to play because I just love scaring <laughs> the shit out of myself. But also, I'm so fucking bad at that game, I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> I don't know how to, That's how okay. to work Sometimes it. Sometimes people are bad at things. It's okay. If I'm not instantly good at it, I'm going to complain the whole Dude, time. Dude, same. <laughs> fucking same. Yeah. If I'm not good by the second time I play it, I'm fucking big mad. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah. I'll play it with you if you want to play it. If that's what you want to play, I will play it with you, but I will complain the whole time. Yeah. This is fucking bullshit. Controller. That's yeah, just, no, I'm just a little bitch. It's okay. That's fine. Um, yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks. Um, if you want to tell us about your cool online experiences with social media, or if you're an avid Second Life player and you <laughs> want to tell us all about that. Please tell us about it. Please, seriously. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Bite Size Podcast or Instagram at the same. You can also email us at bitesizedpodcast at gmail.com. That's B-Y-T-E-S-I-Z-E-D podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to get in on some spooky scaries, uh, possibly, you know, giveaways, little bits of uh, episodes that are smaller than the regular size, which we call nibblesodes, and just lots of cool extra content, you can also follow us and subscribe to us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash podcast, and we would love you forever. And yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, um, please tell your friends. Yeah, share, like, subscribe, all the things that people say yeah. to do. It helps so much. It does. <laughs> Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Do the things. Yeah, thank you if you do. And thank you for listening. Okay, bye. Goodbye. Okay,